this is where we started. Um, this is where our head office is. Um, and this is where our, our main team is. Um, and so to get recognition locally is, is absolutely key for us. And, and the other way around, we also, we want to support other businesses in West Cork. Hello, and welcome back to the Southern Stars West Cork is the business podcast. My name is Sean Mahan, and over the course of this series, I'm chatting to some of West Cork's most interesting and accomplished business people about how they made their way in their respective industries and what has driven them to success. If you missed last week's episode, be sure to check it out, as we had a great chat with Eugene Scally of Scally's Supervalue and the Clonakilty Park Hotel. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Tim Houston, CEO of one of West Cork's most exciting business stories, Global Shares. Based just outside Clonakilty, they are a fintech company and a world leader on the global stage, helping businesses to unlock the power of employee ownership with their tech solutions and team of 800 equity experts. Global Shares employs over 150 people locally in West Cork, and they are continuing to expand rapidly. In 2022, the company was acquired by JP Morgan in an incredible deal worth an estimated 665 million euro. Hello, Tim, and welcome to West Cork is the business. Hi, Sean. Wow. So 2022, quite a year for you and Global Shares, acquired by JP Morgan. You also won Deal of the Year in the Irish Times Business Awards. And of course, Global Shares was crowned West Cork Overall Business of the Year in the Southern Stars Business Awards. Sean, that's the most important award. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. <laughs> so how's life? How's life treating you? Couldn't be better. Delighted, yeah. Good. It was a busy year last year with the transaction, and now it's back to business as normal. Well, not quite as normal. We've got, one of, we've got the biggest bank in the world behind us, so mm-hmm. it makes life a little bit easier. And Tim, for the benefit of our listeners, listeners that may not know that much about Global Shares, how would you describe what Global Shares does? Well, I get asked this question and I tell people a party and after I've told them, they never understand what, it, what, what we do still. So I'll have, I'll have another go. So Global Shares manages employee share plans. So what does that mean? So typically large companies or small private companies like Global Shares will give equity to or shares to the, uh, their employees to incentivize them, attract them and reward them. But it gets complicated when the numbers increase and when, there's, uh, when you have international employees. So Global Shares has got 20 offices around the world. You have different taxes in China, to Japan, to the US, to Germany, to, uh, I don't know, France. And so it becomes a bit unwieldy. So we have a system that manages all of that online. And when we uh, deal with public companies, we're also a broker. So the participant or the employee can go online and sell their shares. So it's a one-stop shop for managing employee shares that the company awards to their employees. And obviously, your your clients are some of the biggest organizations in the world, both, both private and public organizations. Yeah, so how does global shares work today? So we really sell in the four largest economies in the world. So we focus on uh, China, Japan, North America, and Europe, and only certain countries in Europe. And when we have a strategic opportunity outside of that, we're still... We'll still um, we're still operating in different regions. So recently we won one of, the, it was at the time the biggest company in the world and that was in Saudi Arabia. And 
So that means we'd write our software in Arabic, which is slightly difficult because it's right to left and it takes a little bit more work. But we try and focus on, on, those, on those main re regions. Okay. And now tell me, you're, you're, you're not, obviously, uh, as most people will tell from, from the accent, um, you're not from West Cork originally. I believe your, your partner, your wife, uh, Marie? Myra. Myra, apologies, uh, is uh, from Donegal. Yes. And uh, you're from the UK originally. So tell me, why did, why did you choose to locate in West Cork? I think about 25 years ago. Yeah, good question. So uh, we were living in London. At that stage, we had two children under four. And my wife wanted to bring our kids up in Ireland. And uh, I suppose Cork was a compromise. But we came on holiday to Squince Bay near Union Hall, um, gosh, nearly 30 years ago. And um, I was duped a bit because it was a heat wave in that week but it was absolutely beautiful. So we decided to move to Cork and we've been in, well, we've been almost in the same house ever since. We're in the house we're in at the moment, been in for 25 years. So we're absolutely delighted. And it's been a great place to uh, bring up our family. It's, um, it's, it really is wonderful. So this is, this is home base now for, for, the, for the foreseeable future. It's, it's definitely my home base, but I spend a lot of time abroad, so a lot of time traveling. So um, whilst I, I regard it as my home these days, I'm not here as much as I'd like. Sure. And uh, you're a qualified chartered accountant by trade. Um, I believe much of your career pre-global shares was in the UK. Uh, I know you founded and IPO'd um, a couple of businesses, I believe, Business Direct Group, PLC. Uh, you were chairman of uh, Fast Track 100, uh, Special Mail Services PLC. Um, now, you got involved with Global Shares originally way back in 2009. Um, my understanding is you were semi retired. A friend asked you to cover a maternity leave position at the company uh, just a couple of days a week for a couple of months. And, and 14 years later, you're still here. So tell me, how did that come about? It wasn't the exact plan, yeah. So I'd, I'd commuted to England for nearly 15 years. And um, I suppose that all that travelling had taken its toll because I used to go every week. And I decided I would come back and take it easy. Not absolutely retire 100%, but certainly not do a full-time job again. And um, I was asked to help at Global Shares, which had 20 people in it, I think, at the time, and to do one day a week. So that's, that's, that's what I did. And for, actually, it was for six months as well. And, you know, the months went on and came... I think three days, and then it came the obligatory seven days. So um, I suppose I got hooked after a while. And you, so you, you, you were inside the business for a while. Um, you, you obviously starting out helping out. I, I, I'm, I'm getting the impression you maybe started to look under the bonnet a little bit of, of, of the business. Um, we, did you start to form some 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 uh, conclusions that uh, the direction of travel of the business was possibly going in, in in the wrong direction or you could see a better direction for global shares uh, and there was a change of tack there or are you encouraging a change of tack? Yeah so the first thing I say like many early stage companies it was having its difficulties and and, and when I joined it it was during the, the banking crash in, in Ireland so there, there was no funding so working for a very small underfunded private company wasn't the best place to be. But the other issue was it was a service company. So the, the, the business idea was to manage share plans using third-party software and third-party brokers. The problem with that is the tri-party arrangement and at the time our competitors, banks like Morgan Stanley, UBS, had one system, they were a broker and they could provide the administration services. 
So it was clearly going to be a very hard, it's, it's hard to scale a service business, very hard to scale a service business from West Cork. And, and when your competitors are large banks and you're in a different geograph geographical region, that's going to be very difficult. So there was a bit of, um, we had to get the business in better shape and that, that took a year or two. And then it was clear that if we were going to succeed, we had to write um, the software to have the platform and we'd need to become a broker. So it was a difficult thing to do and it took a long time. And at that stage, we didn't have any IT people. And to be honest, I've never done an IT project and I've never been in financial services. So it was all a little bit new for me. But anyway, um, we embarked on, on, on that journey. Fortunately, EI helped us with a grant of half a million. Um, certainly Global Shares wouldn't be here without EI support. Um, and we set about um, writing the software. So we, we basically put the company on hold and focused on trying to write the best platform we possibly could. So we had about 100 or so clients at that time. I clearly we wanted to keep those, but it took a long time. But I'm glad to say in 2015, we had written enough of our platform to migrate all our clients. And then in October 2015, we um, became regulated. So we're now a broker, we now have software and we had the service. And we, we started um, um, building a marketing and sales team. And we, start, it was, we had some significant wins at, early on. I won't mention the names, but we were really pleased with how, how we did. And so it looked like our, our bet was gonna, gonna, gonna uh, work. And then if we roll forward to today, actually um, last month we just went over a million participants um, and that's gonna grow exponentially now. And we've got about uh, $200 billion of assets on our system. So we're starting to get some meaningful numbers. Um, perhaps not so meaningful in the context of JP Morgan, but certainly in the context of global shares, there's significant numbers. Absolutely. So that, that's a million employee participants. Yes. It? And, you know, we, yeah, and that's going to go up exponentially from, from, from now. So if you think of the asset number, which is $200 billion, that's been built up since we've been regulated. So you're talking about six years. Mm -hmm. So that is significant growth. And as that growth has come along and started to, to look like exponential growth and, and the, the company has, has scaled and uh, as you were saying earlier, the, the staff numbers have scaled, the, the marketing and business development areas have, have grown. What kind, of, what kind of challenges has that presented, that kind of rapid growth over those, those, those years, relatively short period of time? Yeah, but see, I suppose in, in like many um, um, early stage companies, especially the ones in Ireland, you, you tend to be underfunded. So you're always raising cash. Um, if you're in Silicon Valley, you tend to raise large sums of money and it's, it's done slightly differently. So as an early stage company that's unproven, it becomes difficult to raise cash. So you, you tend to bootstrap your way along. So I suppose if I did this again, I would really prefer to raise more, more capital to start with. Uh, and, and really have done it a little bit quicker. But so our main problem really was um, funding the company and set, building the system. And really our competitors are only the very large banks, the international banks, and, and they have obviously very deep pockets. So it's a small company 
in West Cork were going against these really huge international banks, which is difficult in its way because clients also want to choose companies that they know are, you know, nobody gets fired for choosing IBM. Mm -hmm. So obviously we had to persuade people to go with us, but we had great software and we were very agile. So winning clients um, wasn't really an issue for us. So in, in the five years, our compound growth rate, so our CAGR was 40%, and our nearest competitor was 10%. So we really felt that we were on the right trajectory. And in order to get that competitive advantage of having that proprietary software uh, that gave you that edge, how do you go about getting to that place? Do you, do you have to go out and look for the best people in the business and bring them into the business? Do you, do you, do you, do you put that out of house? How, how, do you, how do you get to that point? Yeah, so the first thing for us, we were probably in a lucky position because nearly all of our competitors were regional and still are regional. So um, um, US competitors tend to only be in the US. Japanese competitors tend to only be in, in Japan. But we'd started off with international clients. So from day one, we wrote an international system. And it was one of our issues because the systems we used were generally only in dollars and only in English, which, was, which didn't work for us. So when we wrote our system, we started off with probably um, an ambitious target, but, it, it, but we started off with, without the problems of legacy software. So that was a good, 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 uh, good position to be in. But in terms of recruitment, we've been really fortunate because people believed in the story and the journey. So people wanted to jo join. Firstly, IT people wanted to join because we were using the most modern software and it was, a, it was an interesting business to, to join. But generally, the whole team, um, whether that's marketing, operations, finance, they liked the story. And I think also that there was, you know, like, a lot of these uh, early stage companies that people know there's going to be an exit. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people join because they also want to enjoy in the capital wealth. Mm -hmm. The one thing we did and we decided from an early stage was to make every employee a shareholder. I mean, we practice what we preach. We believe that. I believe that today. And um, so a lot of people, a lot of employees in Global Shares have done very well. Hello. I hope you're enjoying this episode of our West Cork is the Business podcast. There's plenty more to come, but I just wanted to let you know that entries for the West Cork Business and Tourism Awards 2023 are now open. Entering the awards is free and easy and provides your business with a great opportunity to get recognised for all the brilliant work you do in West Cork. We have eight categories which cater to all types of businesses, big and small, across all sectors. So enter now for the chance to be crowned overall West Cork Business of the Year for 2023. The West Cork Business and Tourism Awards are brought to you by the Southern Star in partnership with Carberry. Visit www.westcorkbusinessandtourismawards.ie today. So uh, things are starting to happen. Uh, you're starting to attract new clients. There's exponential growth happening uh, within the organization. At this point, are you starting to attract interest from potential suitors, potential uh, third parties that might want to acquire global shares? This is pre the JP Morgan situation. Yeah, so once, once we'd launched our software and proved we could win clients, people started to notice us a little bit more. And it got to a state where we'd almost get inquiries on a monthly basis. And to be frank, it was a bit distracting. We had a job to do, we had to build up this company and I wanted myself and my team to be laser focused on what we had to do. So these offers were very distracting. 
So we tend not to follow them up. But of course, some of these companies, especially the finance companies, are very persistent. So they, they will go round me to the board and whatever. But but I'm pleased to say that we really focused on, on, on the job in hand, which I think was the right thing to do. And then, not too long ago, in 2022, the deal with JP Morgan was finalized and has been described as, as a perfect fit between the two organizations. Um, a two or three part question here. Tell me, so how did the JP Morgan deal come about in the first place? Yeah, so in, in um, very early 22, late 21, we decided to run a process and we needed to raise money. So we would run a process with a number of strategic PEs about 20. Um, but also there are a number of strategics that approached us. So we thought we would entertain talking to about six of them, we'd see, see what deals were on the table, and then we could make our decision. But I suppose at that stage, my, my own opinion was I wanted to raise money because we still had a lot to do. Um, and the, the thought wasn't about exiting. And then we, in January 2022, we met JP Morgan. And we, we very soon, well, after the first meeting in early January, we realized it was an amazing fit. And why was it an amazing fit? It, it was um, a bank that operated in all the countries we did, so a truly global bank. It didn't have share plans, which was also important because that avoid, avoided the necessity for migration of uh, clients from one platform to the other. Um, you didn't, there wasn't gonna, all my staff, all my employees, my whole team were, safe in their jobs um, and and then in talking to JP Morgan the agreement was that we could ring fence global shares so global share stays an agile fintech but on the other side we have the benefit from the largest bank in the world we have a great balance sheet and we have the funding that we've never previously had and a huge distribution channel mm -hmm. so for us there were there were ticks in nearly every single box and so very quickly we became very excited. But if I go past that, probably the, the overwhelming thing was there was a good fit in our first meeting. So the JP Morgan guys flew over for the meeting and we met in London and we met in person. We had a great meeting, it was good fun. There was a cultural fit. And you know we really felt that this was the, the right partner to take global shares to the next stage for all of our stakeholders, and that's employees and clients alike. And then obviously the, um, the deal uh, was finalized, uh, I think in uh, the uh, autumn of, of last year, 2022. Yeah, so we, met, so we met them in January, signed an exclusive deal in January, signed the deal in March and closed five months later in August. And closing means getting regulatory approval. So doing that in five months with a big bank most people thought it would take 10 months to 12 months. So to do that in five months speaks well of JP Morgan and, and my team to get that across the line so quickly. But we wanted to get it done so we could get back to business so we knew where we stood. Um, so yeah, we're, we're absolutely delighted. So you wanted to get it done so you could get back into the core business. And, and as you said, it was, it was a, you kept the business ring fence so you could stay fleet of foot and, uh, and drive it forwards. Something you said earlier interested me a lot. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned how you um, like to practice what you preach and therefore it was important that all your employees were stakeholders and shareholders in the business. And as you said, 
some some people um, uh, benefited very well financially from the um, acquisition by JP Morgan. I'm just interested, has that in any way affected, uh, so now you're post the deal, um, has that affected the culture or the dynamic of the organisation in any way? Yeah, so I don't think it's affected the culture, and but, you know, like some people have retired. Um, and some people have retired that I didn't expect to retire. But that's fine. That's that's part of life. The, now we're building up the team for the for the next phase, and that will be geographical expansion. We'll grow significantly in Europe now and the U.S., where uh, JPM is very strong, and we're building. We'll be building up a big team in um, in in the U.S. And what what would be the next stage then? How do you see the direction of travel, the ambition for global shares, now? That um, you, you know, you post that that deal with J.P. Morgan. Well, our plan has never been to be the biggest, mm-hmm. but we want to be the best. And perhaps in time, we become the biggest in the different markets. So we want to continue. And we're just doubling the size of our IT team. Or we've almost finished that actually. So we've gone from 150 in the IT team to 300, and we're really focused to to creating the best platform in this industry to give the the the, the preeminent service to our clients but more importantly to their employees or their participants uh, and that's key for us and we know if we can be laser focused on that then the clients will, will come and be very happy and you retain them so so that that's that's completely our focus now you've spoken quite a bit about a huge focus on technology but I also know that global shares put a really big emphasis and you've referenced this already um, on its employees and particularly the culture and the values of the organization. Um, my understanding is that the company recruited somewhere in the region of 300 staff, I think, during the lockdown period. And um, you've also been certified as a great place to work on a couple of occasions. Um, so how do you, as the, as the guy at the top, as the CEO, how do you see uh, the culture that you've created and that you want to create? How does that help to attract and retain what must be some of the best talent around, I would imagine? Well, so I suppose for the first six years that I, I interviewed everyone, obviously that had to stop because we were just employing too many people and in too many jurisdictions. And when I interviewed somebody, the ma- the ma- once that I spoke to them, the main thing I was looking at was personality and the fit for the team. And I think that's still engendered in, in our HR department because when you come to work, you want to work with a team that's all pulling in the same direction. Um, and we have got an absolutely amazing team. We've also been very lucky. We've become the employer of choice in this industry. So we've had the great talent from existing companies wanting to join Global Shares. Um, and why is that? It's because as a dynamic fintech and, and being very agile, people feel they can make a difference here. So they moved to Global Shares. And I'm glad to say we have an amazing uh, retention rate here. So people must be happy. So uh, long may that continue. Um, Tim, obviously, you've got a lot of experience, not just here in terms of what you've managed to achieve with global shares, uh, but also in your previous uh, business life. What advice would you give someone who was at the early stages of their career in general, Um, especially with the, you know, the ongoing evolution of workplaces and work cultures that we see happening today, and particularly in a post-COVID world? 
Any particular advice you'd, you'd offer? Well, there's two answers to, to that question. I mean, you, you've asked what advice would I give to young people? And I've got four children. Uh, one's a doctor, two, two are teachers, and one's a student. So it looks like maybe one, but possibly none will be in business. And so to a young person, I'd say, look, you know, follow your dreams, whatever that is. If we're talking about from a business perspective, then to me, there's two choices, especially in Ireland. You join one of the big foreign multinationals and you carve out a really great career there. Or there's a choice to join a fintech like Global Shares, where if it goes according to plan, you could have some great capital wealth. So there's two, 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 different, um, two different paths to go for. So if, if, if I was um, starting again, I, you know, either one I would be happy with. And I, 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 th- I suppose it depends on people's risk appetite. But um, I think that there's an amazing fintech scene. There's an amazing entrepreneurial scene in, in Ireland. So I, I, would, I would encourage all the people listening to this or the young people listening to this um, to really consider those indigenous Irish companies because there's some absolutely great companies there. And I suppose no substitute for hard work. Though. There's, no, there's, no, there's no quick path. There's no, well, <laughs> these, they, or is they, there? <laughs> these, these early stage companies take time. Sure. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it, these guys have got their career in front of them, mm-hmm. so they, they have to plan that out. Yeah. And just thinking about uh, management style, people management. Obviously, you've again, you've run several successful companies and organisations. How would you describe your approach as as a, as a, as a manager? You see, I, I'm not convinced there's a right and wrong management style for a CEO, but mine is inclusive. So I try and build the best team, um, and to make sure that that has a diversified skill set. Um, and and that that's worked well for me. So I'm not. I don't have to be involved in every decision. I prefer it when my or my team make make decisions. Even if even we make the wrong decision, it's best to make a decision. Um, so I, so that that's that's always served uh, served me well. And and we've got a I've got an executive team now of about twelve fourteen um, uh, people, and and we get on really well. There's absolutely. We pull in the same direction, and we all have different things to add and different skill sets. Now, sometimes we, we debate decisions, and once we make that decision, we row behind it. And do you think um, do you think there is a difference between somebody who may go the career path and somebody who goes down a more entrepreneurial route? Is there a different type of person in your experience? Well. I don't know because you see the problem I had is I was a an account chartered accountant in, in England working for BDO, and most of my colleagues that are BDO went in a more traditional route. So they probably came they either stayed as an accountant or came a, a CFO somewhere and built their career. So very few would have taken a gamble and and set up their own businesses because you know they've got a decent income mm. there so it takes it takes um, a lot of nerve to set these companies up but then it's a huge amount of perseverance because you, you on a, in a, when you're in an early stage company things go wrong and you have to be very resilient and you have to have that temperament so in terms of um, myself being able to cope with i don't know stress or things that go wrong yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good at that because I kind of almost expect it these days. 
um, and I take it in my stride. And I think that would be my advice to any budding entrepreneurs is you've got to expect that there's going to be uh, a f ups and downs. <laughs> and there's quite a few and, of those. And possibly but, a, few more, a, few, a few more downs along the way than the ups. Yeah, but, but yeah. then on the other side, the rewards can be significant. And not and we're not just talking about money. Either. Mm. I mean, building these companies is, is great fun. And, and you, you can really change your employees' lives, as we've seen here. So, yeah, I, I've enjoyed, um, I've, always, I've only, after leaving accounting, I've only worked for small early stage companies. That's mm -hmm. all I've done. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, this is um, pretty much business as normal. And have you found, I mean, you mentioned stress there and being able to deal with stress. Is that something that you've developed uh, an ability to to manage and, and overcome and deal with those stressful situations as you've as, you, as you've grown older and become more experienced in your career or is sure it something that you always had an ability to handle uh, sure it comes from experience yeah <laughs> it comes you build up your tolerance i work so, in the newspaper business i know exactly what you're talking about no it's, it's definitely something that you build up and also you you have more and more problems you have you've had similar ones before so they, they phase you less. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's, it comes with experience, perhaps a little bit of age, but I don't know. Now, just thinking back to um, JP Morgan again, I, I believe that uh, you had Jamie Dimon over, uh, obviously, uh, joined, the, joined the deal, but I believe he was over to visit the HQ last year at some point. He did, yeah. Uh, now, Jamie Dimon, um, most people will know, chief executive of JP Morgan, uh, billionaire. Some people will often quote him as the kind of a rock star of the business world, etc. Um, and uh, I, I believe you brought him over. He, he did a, an Ask Me Anything session with, with, with the employees, with the staff here. Uh, but then you took him on a bit of a West Cork um, day out, evening out, I believe. How, how, did, how did that go? Tell me about it. It must have been great fun. Yeah, we had a um, great time here and the tea shop came and um, we had sessions with the, with the team and uh, Jay, um, the team asked Jamie questions, so that was great. Um, and then we um, went to um, the distillery in Clonakilty uh, and we had a whiskey tasting. So I, I think there, it was on a bank holiday, there was about 50 or 60 of us and we had a fantastic time. And then we went for a, a smaller dinner, about 30 of us in Interdonny, which was just amazing. Um, so, yeah, it really was a good time. But the, um, and it was amazing for Jamie to give his time because he came to Ireland especially for this. So it's, it's really appreciated by myself and my team. But yeah, he, and, he really enjoyed the trip and he enjoyed meeting the executive team. And his one comment was, look, you guys have a similar culture to JP Morgan. And that's a great accolade for such a small company. So, yeah, we were all, um, yeah, we're overwhelmed when he came. It really is, isn't it? That's a great accolade um, to, to have that said about the culture of the company. And like you said, for him to take that, that time out, especially to come and spend some time in West Cork. And, and was he impressed with West Cork? It, it's hard not to be impressed with West Cork <laughs> and the people. Um, so, yeah, no, he was really impressed. And he talks about um, his trip um, even now when I meet him in the States. So, yeah, it's, it, was, it, was, it was a fantastic um, couple of days. So um, thinking about West Cork and as a fellow blow-in, uh, but somebody obviously uh, who's been running a business here for longer than I have, I think I've been here 14 years, you've been here 25 uh, years as we discussed earlier, uh, any thoughts around, I mean, obviously, it's a great place, as we've discussed, to, to, to live. I, I would agree with you 100%. Great place to bring up a family. 
Is there anything that you would um, see for West Cork that, that West Cork could do more to encourage uh, business, to encourage investment, to encourage the right kind of people to gravitate down here that, that's going to help the economy uh, and therefore the quality of life for people yeah. down here? Do you know, Sean, the first thing I'd say is this was the first business I ran in Ireland. And I found Ireland a very business-friendly place to work with the advice you can get, the culture. Enterprise Ireland just gave us so much help all, all the way along. Um, but I also found it um, setting up in West Cork and the technology park here in Clonakilty made life easy, easier than it might ha otherwise have done because people want to live in West Cork and they need jobs. Mm -hmm. So people, when they live in West Cork, they don't really want to go up to Cork or Dublin or commute to England. So when we set up here, we found we'd get a certain type of person that perhaps had moved here and hadn't planned what their career was going to be. I hadn't thought, you know, where, where am I going to work? So we, we've done really well here. Um, latterly, um, our office in Cork is, is um, a similar size to this office now, and it's getting bigger. So, but um, yeah, our head office is in uh, West Cork. It's in Clonakilty, and we plan to stay here. Um, so, yeah, f full thumbs up to um, West Cork and the business environment here. I would concur. I think if you can make it work in West Cork, it's an absolutely fantastic place to, to, to be in business and to, and to live uh, and to have a, a very high quality of life, actually. Um, <clears throat> we, we mentioned it right at the top of the interview, and obviously I'm a little bit biased here, but how important was, and how nice, hopefully, was winning the Southern Stars West Cork Business of the Year Award for 2022? Was it, was it nice to be recognised on, on your home patch? Look, Sean, it's really important. This is where we started. Um, this is where our head office is. Um, and this is where our, our main team is. Um, and so to get recognition locally is, is absolutely key for us. And, and the other way around, we also we want to support other businesses in West Cork. So, yeah, very key for us. And we were, we were very pleased. So thank you very much. Not at all. And thank you uh, for, uh, for coming along. It was a great afternoon, actually, uh, down in Bantry. Yeah, great, great fun. So we've covered quite a lot of ground and I think, you know, just coming to the end of our, our discussion now, tell me a little bit about Tim when Tim's not working. What, what's, what, what are Tim's interests? Uh, what, what, what do you do? Do you have any downtime? What do you do in your downtime? Oh, I have plenty of downtime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all work. Yeah, I play tennis. I play paddle now, which um, I don't know if you know about paddle and I play poker. Tell me about paddle. Paddle is the fastest growing sport in Europe. Okay. And it's, I suppose it's like a cross between tennis and squash. Uh -huh. um, yeah, and, and there, I think there are a few courts in Ireland, but there will be a lot more. Right. But okay. um, in um, Spain and Portugal, lots of open air courts and it, it really is a great sport. Anyone can play. It, you know, like you can just, in tennis, you need a little bit of skill and mm. paddle, you can go and play. It's great. Yeah, Whack it, it's, it, it's it, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, really good fun. I should keep an eye out for that one. And... Um, did I read somewhere a little bit of pig farming, small holding? Well, when we, yes, well, <laughs> we, we, when we were, uh, we, we still do a little bit of it, but when we were bringing up the uh, children, we were rearing some pigs and some heifers. Um, now, we're, now the children are older and they're leaving. Um, we have too much meat, so we're, we're, cal <laughs> we're calming down on, 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 that, on that, that, that side of things. 
you're reining back on the uh, yeah. on the meat production side of things, which is in line with the current trends. Yes, uh, exactly. Um, fantastic, fantastic. And and Tim, the last question I'm going to ask you is, um, and I'm sure you'll uh, you'll give me the uh, the most appropriate answer. But uh, you know, the future for for Tim at this stage, um, staying on as CEO of Global Shares for the foreseeable future. Yeah. So we we have a plan to build this company up. And we still have a lot to do. So um, my plan is, and hopefully JP Morgan's plan, is that I'll be the CEO for many years to come. And hopefully my team will be here to support me. Um, so that's, 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 that's the idea at the moment. Fantastic. Tim, I'd like to thank you very much for being my guest today on the West Cork Is The Business podcast. I've really enjoyed our conversation. It's been great to chat to you. And thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Sean. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the West Cork is the business podcast. We'll be back again next week with another episode, this time featuring the managing director of O'Donovan Waste Disposal Limited, Jacqueline O'Donovan. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, the West Cork Business and Tourism Awards are now open for 2023. The awards are brought to you by the Southern Star in partnership with Carberry. So visit westcorkbusinessandtourismawards.ie to enter your business today. Thanks for listening.